Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hey everyone. 511 has been just an incredible partner. And they've given me a promo code that you certainly should take advantage of. That is promo code CLINT. C L I N T at checkout. You can use this code in one of their stores or at 511tactical.com. I wear their pants like every day, especially their brand new trail pant. These things are stretchy in every direction, yet sturdy enough so that I can still carry a concealed gun, put things in my pockets without worrying of it bulging. I mean, they're just a great all-around pant. You can wear them outside or you can dress them up for an evening date. But whatever it is you find in that store, make sure you use promo code CLINT, C-L-I-N-T, for 20% off. Now, this isn't going to apply to some of the sale items, but you can use it in-store or online at 511tactical.com. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Can You Survive This Podcast. We have an awesome guest today. I know I only have about three or four adjectives to describe my guest, but he is like super duper awesome guy. And uh, without any delay, let's just roll into it. He's former Naval Special Warfare Officer. Okay, and we know the root word of officer is office. A graduate of the U.S. Naval Academy, which holy crap, he's smart a decorated athlete, a seasoned entrepreneur, which I know for sure. He is dedicated to helping leaders protect, perform, endure, and compete while helping veterans and their families transition successfully from service on a welcome. Clint Bruce to the show. Thanks for being here, buddy. Hey, thanks, Clint. We got some Clints. (laughs) Yeah, it's always weird seeing your own name. You chose the better adjectives. I was waiting for some, like, you know, some other ones that often are used. <laughs> what is it? The big Clint? In the spectrum of Clint's that we have in our community, I'm, I'm large Clint. Large Smart Clint. Clint. We have brave Clint. We have other Clint's. All the Clint's are brave. Yes, but I'm, yes. I'm the, I'm the most of these as it relates to just sheer mass. I'm the, I'm <laughs> you're a big, big fucker. I'm the biggest Clint. Yeah, you're a big guy. As you should be being a uh, former linebacker. I mean, I wouldn't expect Man, you to be small. Let me tell you what. I, I'm, I'm a decorated athlete at the Naval Academy because – Academically, I just did not belong there. It was like, like <laughs> I know I made a forty on that test, but I broke that guy's arm and give me another week. So my 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 academy career was like this arbitration between athletic overachievement and academic underachievement. But I don't believe but it. But nonetheless, nonetheless, yeah. here we are. Here we are finally. Two team guys. I, we yeah. cross paths probably in the in the community, but um 
you know, now we're in Dallas to get, yeah. you've been here for a while. Been here for a little while, yeah. yeah. And then when you, sh it was cool when you started showing up and, you know, there's a lot of team guys that have kind of migrated this way now. And, yeah. and Texas makes it real easy to move to. I mean, Texas is one of these places that really invites kind of the veteran population and, and inherently special operations community and team guys in particular, you know, there's a, there's a big bent of us that are entrepreneurial by nature and DFW is a very entrepreneurial place. So it's an yeah. easy place to be. Plus my, my bride's from here and oh, she, yeah. she told me to live here. So yeah. well, she's like, I've lived wherever you want to live and where I want to live. Like, listen, you lived in Annapolis, Maryland and Coronado, California. It's not like you've been sitting on top of a ballistic missile in my night. But she just <laughs> stared at me. I was like, nonetheless, nonetheless, yep. go. Dallas it is. What is it? Happy bride, happy, happy, no, happy bat, wife, happy, happy life. life yeah, something like that. Okay. Um, well, in the tradition of the show, we always start with a rapid fire. Come on. And for those of you listening, we have every now and then we have people that are in person. So Clint is actually sitting in our studio. If you want, head over to the YouTube channel, wherever you get your videos, and uh, you'll see uh, how big this guy really is. The there's several cameras. <laughs> there's several cameras on me right now. All right. All right. Here we go with the rapid fire. <clears throat> Ravens or Saints? Ravens. <laughs> Uh, lead or follow? Mm. Man, situation train dictate. It's <laughs> a great answer. <laughs> All right. There's not good leadership lead. There's great leadership follow. Okay, we're going to dig into that one. Um, shoot a gun or throw a ball? Shoot. Shoot. NFL or UFC? NFL. Yeah. Solo or team? Team. Build it or break it? Break it. Ooh. I like that. Sniper or tank? Tank. <laughs> I figured that would be the answer on that one. China or Russia? For what? Like for what instant? Whatever, whatever is running through your mind right yeah, now. Throw a punch first. Uh, China. China. Uh, read or write? Read. And would you rather get your prostate checked or your testicles checked for cancer? prostate good boy yeah. oh, you're right up my alley okay <laughs> we're gonna circle back around and talk about the whys so ravens versus saint obviously i pulled this off of uh you know probably somewhere on the internet or i think yeah. i heard yeah that so go through the story you played for annapolis yeah and then, yeah i was i was real fortunate um you know, were a really good team my year and there's some other guys in the community tom rhino you know, beef. Some of the other guys have just had spectacular careers in the teams, and we had a really good football program. And and you know, this is pre nine eleven. This is nineteen ninety seven. Had an opportunity to um, play for the Ravens, but I was also one of the guys selected for the SEAL community to try out for the SEAL community. Um, then as well, so it was kind of like best of both worlds. And my my buds day was going to be in ninety eight, so I was going to have the opportunity to play during ninety seven. So I went there in ninety seven and. Man, I loved it. I, I, I will tell you that everything I loved about football in a lot of ways kind of peaks in high school. And then playing at a service academy is, a lot of times I tell people, playing at a service academy is like an extension of all the things you loved about playing high school football. I mean, there's purity, there's passion. There's, there's guys that love the game so much they're willing to serve for five years after that just to, just to prove they compete at a level. So there's a lot of love for the game that you still have at the service academies. My little brother played at Oklahoma State, did not share that same kind of experience. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just the it's heart behind why you're doing something is a big deal. <clears throat> and you go to the league and, man, it's just different. And there's guys that are playing just for the money, which, frankly, I fully understand that. I get it. Um, so it was there – and this was during Ray Lewis's second year. And I, I do remember pretty vividly, I mean, it's a violent sport and I, I wasn't worried about getting hurt. I mean, I, I had some injuries, but nothing so significant that I couldn't pursue, continue to be a team guy. And, but I remember watching the guy get hurt 
and it wasn't that I was scared of getting hurt. I was just like, man, what, what could I not do? What can I not go without? And, and, and haven't been in the NFL, made it, didn't know how long I could stay, but having no idea if I could make it through training, make it through SEAL training, keep up with the guys I've been around, keep up with the guys who are selected as well. Like I got to go where I don't know. So leaving the league was, 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 was pretty easy um, that first time. And then the second time was, well, I do remember the first time watching Ray Lewis at practice and just having this thought, just going, it might be easier to make it through buds than to beat out Ray Lewis. And so, so <laughs> it, it was, I did. And, um, and then I went back to the saints in 99 after made it through training I was at five and again, pre nine 11 and just kind of remembered when I was at New Orleans, kind of why I left in the first place and that everything I loved was when I already been at a team then now, granted I was a JO. So you're, you don't know anything, right? You're still trying to put, put that that environment. I mean, we had a goat locker that was unbelievable, and the chance to be around guys whose whose names, yeah, you know, I respectfully. I mean, you know them like Dano and Pat and John, and I mean, just all these guys, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's is like the best locker we've ever been around, and, yeah. and and for a guy that just loves being around people and listening and and, and trying to learn, like it was. That's why the. It was so easy to leave again, right? And I don't know if I could have made it. I don't know if how I, I, I just knew I didn't want to. I didn't want to miss whatever we we're going to do in the community for the opportunity to do more what I already knew in a league. If that makes sense. Yeah, that does. Yeah. And um, you know, so I, paint that for me. You 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 went to the Ravens. Yeah. So it's, and it's you a little, hung out there for a little bit, a little then you went yeah. to Buds. Yeah. So I was going. I was at, <laughs> I was at, I was at training camp. And I'll never forget a couple of my guys, some of my buddies like Walter and a couple of guys that you know, called me like, hey, a guy got hurt. You can class up earlier if, if you want to. And I was going to class up in February of 98. And this was August of 97. And I was like, babe, I just got married. And I told my brother, I said, babe, we got to go. And she was okay with it. And, mm. and uh, I remember I walked in and I talked to Marvin Lewis as a defense coordinator at the time. And he had family members in the military and Ozzy. And the, 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 the team was just so classy. Man, and they were just like, that's so much more important. So I left, and man, I don't know if anybody had ever showed up in Buds as not ready for Buds as I was. It was like, I remember our first run, I was probably a mile and a half behind it. I remember the, I remember the Corbin, they were yelling at me, they like, hey, sir, it's a safety violation. We, we are so far back from the rest of your class that we cannot effectively respond to a medical emergency because your big ass is all the way back here. I'm just like, oh, oh, oh. So yeah, like, you're, so you're like, I mean, I'd never, I was two, I never got below 250 pounds going through training and I'd never run. I don't think I'd ever run more than four miles my entire life. And first run is like an eight mile soft sand beach run. Oh yeah. Climbing the ropes, no technique, just like, just, just, I mean, just a caveman, just absolute caveman just trying to make it but you figure it out or you don't or you don't make it like right. you start figuring out the system like hey that little foot thing how do you do that right yeah and, yeah and uh, but yeah man i jumped right into it and and boy i had an amazing class i mean i just i was 217 and and just have some again incredible guys i i went through training with and and uh, you know a lot of us like 12 of the original ones made it all the way through graduated with 21 and i still stay in touch with a lot of guys i went through and then the guys that were in our class that rolled out that finished training were incredible because you know the training is I mean you get hurt right mm -hmm. and the guys that rolled into our class afterwards are pretty epic I've, I've always that's probably my my greatest fortune is who i find myself in the company of and then i just try to keep up i mean that's just the you kind of deliberately scare yourself with the company you keep 
and then do your best to keep up. And it kind of generally works out. But yeah, my my NFL, it was interesting. So graduated Navy in 97, NFL briefly, Buds, checked in team five, went back out to the NFL. So how did you, so you were active duty yeah. and went to back to yeah, the Yeah, because I didn't really know what to do with this. This was, again, this was pre-9-11. And, and, you know, David Robinson had just done so much for the Navy as an officer. And he was a commissioned, you know, uh, officer. And then, you know, a lot of people understand, like, Roger went to Vietnam and back. So right. So it's kind of like, say, hey, what do we do? Roger Staubach, yeah. who was a mutual friend yeah, as yeah, well. Like, yeah, what do we do? And so it was kind of like a... I was a little bit of an anomaly and Admiral Richards was running the community at the time. Oh yeah. And you know, he, he, he appreciated the big guy things. Yeah. Yeah. And, he's um, a big guy himself. So it's kind of like, it's also, I also think it was like, I don't know if this guy's going to make much of an impact for the community anyway. So might as well get some, <laughs> might as well, might as well get some PR out of him or something like yeah. that. But, but it was just like, you know, late nineties, remember late nineties, like yeah. you know, we're, oh, yeah. we're all waiting for Bored something to happen. Nothing was really happening. It was kind of a J set environment. And, and, um, so the, the, the theory was, go back make it well the thing is like make the team and then well if you don't make the team it's, it's non-starter right and and then i just kind of you know was there and had a conversation with sec nav and you know it was kind of things like hey because you're a special operations officer we think you ought to go back and i was like man i'm ready to go back anyway like i just i just uh everything i love is over there right except for the long runs except for the cardio everything <laughs> i love is over there except for the cardio yeah wow that's pretty cool though yeah, i had no i didn't know the details you know it's all i've always heard it like secondhand you kind of played ball but i was like when when did yeah. they, when did that happen it's weird you go yeah yeah and then and then again like what's interesting is you know i i, I left the nfl came into training just not really ready for that and i remember they were like if you're going to be dumb be tough i'm like God, yeah, I got like that down. GPA, you can you can figure <laughs> that one out. And then you come back out of the NFL, and you know, this is after I've been on the teams for a little, and you realize just the the difference in physiology, right? Yeah. Like I'm I'm like one of the world's biggest triathletes after after been in the community for a while because you're running, you're swimming, yeah. And you just don't really. I didn't really appreciate the different physiology you have for these different endeavors, right? And then after we get through buds and we check in our team, we start becoming the athlete that our our community needs us to be and, and, and that form of combat needs us to be. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's really interesting to kind of understand the supply chain of performance, depending on what map you're on and, and to have balance back between the two of them, you really begin to fully appreciate like, Hey, it, it, there's, there's some things that don't transfer. Like you, you, you can't seamlessly transfer from elite athletics into the community because it's just a, it's an endurance factor and a demand factor that takes, uh, a, a while to cultivate and build up. You got to rewire your, your 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 systems in a way. But it was it was really interesting. I was I mean I, I just I've kind of had this kind of Forrest Gumpian kind of life where I just kind of like oh, where am I? Where am I? Oh, on, <laughs> yeah. Who's got the notes right? And, I would say so. I mean you I just kind of so. you got to figure out how to hang on there, right? So yeah, but yeah it was it was circuitous. A yeah, circuitous route. Yeah, that was what an adventure. Okay, so. Back to our rapid fire. We'll get back. We'll probably circle back around to some of this again. Lead versus follow. You kind of pick the middle, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, like an absence of leadership, be the leader, right? And don't endure poor leadership, but also be be when you find yourself around spectacular leadership, shut up and listen. And that's one of the things I love about our community. Our community is, you know, senior enlisted led, and like the goat locker I walked into as a young jo five, like. A guy couldn't go in and listen to that group. Like, you're not going to make it very long, right? Right. And that's one of the things I did love about football and team sports. You had to have deference to expertise. At some point in time, whether you're a junior or senior or whatever, like the best guy plays or, mm -hmm. or you just don't win. And to walk into a, an ecosystem of, you know, 
damn it, plank owners and guys that have been there for a long time. And, and uh, you know, the, the, the guys who I think really raised me in a lot of different ways, um, whether they'd admit it or not. And I just, I just stumbled into an environment where it's everywhere I turned, there was an unbelievable senior enlisted guy to, to learn from, right? Yeah. And there's some good O's. I'm not bashing the officer community. I just, you know, it's hard to, you, most officers didn't have the, the deployment time and the operational time that, you know, your guys, you're talking about most officers maybe have two platoons, right? Mm. Now you're talking about guys that have three, four, five platoons. And I mean, that's the currency of our yeah. craft is, and so, you know, your LPO probably has three platoons under his belt. At least, yeah. And your OIC, that may be his second one, right? And you're doing different things. So it's not mm -hmm. apples to apples, but man, I just loved it. I loved learning from guys and love being around. So yeah, an absence of leadership, be the leader, especially if you have subject matter expertise, but if it's an opportunity to learn, do that as well. Yeah, and I think our community does a good job with the new guy mentality where, and I preach it all the time. I tell people all the time, 20 years later, I still felt like a new guy no matter where I was because yeah. it's the mentality of show up early, leave late, right. shut your mouth, keep your ears open, and always volunteer for everything. That's it, and my deal is like, there's only two kinds of lines. There's old lines and lines that don't get old. Yeah. And the old lines always know, like, hey, there's going to be another line someday. And the oh, next yeah. thing me in that line will be 1%. So I'm not going to fool myself and think I know all the little 1% out there. So yeah, I, I, I deliberately try to surround myself with people that I'm nervous about keeping up with. And I just take notes and put out. Right? That's right. And the good thing about our community, our community will self-police you. Like, if you're yeah. going to learn that one way or the other. You're either going <laughs> to yeah. walk in knowing it. Yeah. Or some riggers tape and a parachute riggers loft you're gonna yeah. learn it and i just i just came out of environment where i'd never been the best anyway so i was like oh what's that guy and, was that? and you know on the way you know there's such diversity in our community and like you, know, you walk in a platoon and you know the enlisted guys have multiple degrees and and it, it just is it i think a lot of people don't don't appreciate fully the intellect of your average team guy your average special operator i mean like you can't i mean there's exceptions as they're all but the majority yeah. of the time you're dealing with extremely smart guys they are yeah so it's easy to i remember walking my first platoon and they're like hey unless you think you're the smartest guy here i've got a degree from here i'm like great you're writing all the reports anybody else want to tell me how smart they are i've never walked <laughs> in a room and thought i was the smartest guy right yeah, so exactly but that was a as a new guy you just you just sit down and learn man that's right yep or get hazed one or the other yeah, your exactly. choice um okay shoot a gun or throw a ball you went straight to gun yeah yeah you got I played linebacker anyway. Yeah, yeah you're not like, throwing anything. I don't throw it anyway. Like, like, <laughs> so. Yeah. Now, have you got any favorite guns lately? The ones that work. The ones exactly. I like that's the ones I that work. Too. Gun shoot, like, gun good. So shoot straight, and I'm good. That's it, man. Yeah. You got. I, I tell people, it's like, hey, man, it's like the fundamentals are the fundamentals. You got to be able to pick up any weapon platform and be able to run it. Um, if it's too complicated, you're not going to remember when you're scared and when you're doing this, you're going to be scared, like advantage yourself. Um, I, you know, I like, I like the ones we grew up with and yeah, I mean, I have preferences, but I've never tried to be platform centric because I've always felt like that'd be like having a favorite pair of cleats. And if you don't get to wear that, those pair of cleats, you're not going to play well that day. Right. right? So the yeah. fundamentals are the fundamentals, but I'm with you. You know, it's amazing to see how a lot of the, 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 the the manufacturers are kind of up their game. I mean, there's such, you know, it's. I think in most situations, it's it's truly a preference issue versus a performance issue up until X thousand number of rounds, and very rarely does someone shoot that much, right? So, right. you know, comfort, capacity, and caliber. Hey, what feels good? How many rounds do I have to get right? 
and then what's the caliber right yeah yeah no exactly and i and there's a little bit of the what feels good in my hand that's a big part of it man because confidence is a big part of it Mm -hmm. if it doesn't feel worse like glocks great Mm -hmm. gun i don't like how it feels i just just don't like i'm not i'm not disputing the value of the it's a great weapon system right right the world i just don't like how it feels yeah so what feels good you're going to shoot better you have more confidence in and and those things really matter when it's on yeah yeah for me the uh, glock ergonomically it forces my wrist kind of down because yeah. it's got such an extreme angle on yeah. the pistol and the lower and, and lower it's, it's kind of smaller so like i gotta get the extended mags and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. i got like two fingers hanging off the <laughs> bottom of there this gorilla 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 this gorilla grip here right i so. hear you have big hands <laughs> um okay nfl versus ufc you picked nfl i kind of figured that i mean yeah football I just, guy. yeah i mean i can get my I can get beat up in the NFL just as quickly as <laughs> at least I'm wearing a helmet, man. Yeah. yeah, I rolled with a couple of these UFC guys one time, and I was like, "Enough of that!" Like this, <laughs> this is a, these dudes are different animals. That is right? different. Yeah, it's, it's it's amazing. It really is. And I remember in our community, like in the late '90s, early you know 2000s, you know, we had guys that which I remember I was a young, <laughs> I was a young CDO on the grinder team five, and this guy's name's Eric. You know who he is. I, I want to be respectful of yeah because of privacy and stuff and. Just he was, a, he was a guy that was over on the East Coast, that damn neck, huge beard, jack guy. He's like, hey, your, your skipper said I could come in and work out. And I'm like, well, the skipper didn't call me because I was brave because I was behind the bulletproof glass. And I next thing, bring skipper, let him in. So we're working out together. And he goes, hey, man, you want to roll? I was like, sure. Next thing I knew, <laughs> I, all I knew was I, we dro- he dropped into a wrestling stance. And I was like, oh, no. And next thing I knew, I was face down on the ground and I was looking at my foot. And it happened so quickly, it didn't even hurt yet. Like when it happened so quick, you're like, that's going to hurt when I feel it. Right. He, he helped me up. He's like, you want to go again? That was really good. I was like, how is that good? Like, yeah, what's it no, like? no, I don't no, want to do that. There's no, no, let's not do that again. <laughs> Can you show me how you did that in the first place? But I have such yeah. respect for, you know, to, to be in the UFC takes a level of commitment. I mean, it's this is so far beyond recreational MMA. Yeah. And those, yeah, it's in their purpose built for that. I'd love to do it, but if, if the question is, what do I think I could be more successful and quickly? Probably reverting back to my my old domain. Yeah. Right. There you go. I'll be in probably a different position. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, my experience, we used to go to these UFC trainers, a couple of them in Florida and spread it around the country. And now they're, you know, obviously now they're all in Vegas. But at the time, and they'd put us through those workouts. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, that is They talk to you like an airline pilot. Yeah. Like, they're doing something like, so here's what you want to do. I'm like, how are you? (laughs) Yeah. A guy that worked for me is amazing. His name's Josh. He was in in the Marine Corps martial arts. He's one of the founders of, well, not the founder of MAP. That's Colonel Bristol, but... Um, he's one of the initial guys through the McMap system and we're rolling and I remember I thought I had him. I'm like, I got him. And all of a sudden this airline pilot voice comes out of his face. He's like, Are you ready? I'm like, ready for what? <laughs> like ready for you to get him, ready for you to tap out. Like he's like, here's what he started explaining what he was gonna do. And I was like, I don't want you to do that. I'm like, I don't want you. And I couldn't remember the word. I couldn't remember the safety words. I was like, safety word, yeah. safety word. Yeah. There, it's just it's just a level. It's kinda like climbers. I mean, I watch climbers. And the climber's ability to disassociate pure physical effort from thinking. I mean, when they talk to you on the walls, it's, it's incredible, right? Mm-hmm. It's just what it takes to cultivate that level of talent expertise. And you only really know it once you hook up with one of them. That's right. You hook up with one of them, you're like, oh, this is different. Yeah, this, this, is, gonna... this is what Grendel felt like in Beowulf. Yeah, That's exactly. What it felt like, right? get my ass kicked. It's going to suck. Yeah. Um, rolling on. Solo versus team. Of course. Yeah, team. team. Team's way to go. That's yeah. the best part. Now, have you uh, 
had a good contrast between teams in the community versus the teams you pioneer through entrepreneurial endeavors? I think I spent a lot of my time in the boardroom trying to replicate the best of what I remember on the ball field and the battlefield, right? Yeah. It's harder in the boardroom because you don't have this kind of, in some ways you have to create the horizon instead mm. of having that looming horizon, a looming cru crucible. Of that third party produces a lot of efficiencies, that looming deployment, that looming adversary. You know, in, in the private sector, sometimes you have to not artificially create that, but you gotta, you gotta replicate that sense of urgency absent that stimulus, and that's a harder thing. And then you, you know, you're massing different personalities in the private sector, and and uh, so you, it's, you know, you, there's some assumptions you can make about the people you're going to be around on the on the ball field, on the battlefield, mm -hmm. and some like-mindedness and some uh, not, common ground. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's shared interests and all yeah. those other things. The private sector is, it's not like that, and, and and frankly, you don't need it to be like that. You don't want it to be like that. Like, the private sector is much more like a joint interagency task force. Like you're affiliated with people. That you're only affiliating with for the purposes of this particular mission yeah but in the private sector it's just you do that for so long right mm. so sometimes I, there, there's really three things I, I i don't like about the private sector um and it's it's nothing the private sector does it's just nature i think you stay in command for far too long in the private sector i mean like you're you're the ceo of something for for way too long yeah and because if you're doing it right it taxes you on every level if you really care about your people if you really investing in, in the mission and, and the man and woman next to you, it taxes you at a really deep level. And, and we know that, and that's why we rotate people out of command. So that's the first thing. Second thing is that the absence of that senior enlisted advisor, man, like just having that impartial, just kind of source of wisdom and experience that, you know, that chief, that senior master chief, sergeant major, man, like that's probably the thing I love the most is, is having that gray beard that had done it a hundred times for every one of yours. It, there was no expectation that you would know more than them. Mm -hmm. uh, so you just ask them anyway. So the absence of that senior list advisor, and I've always, I've tried to replicate that. I've tried to replicate with, with guys that were in the senior listed community that come out and are trying to figure out what to do next. And we, 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 we kind of do stuff together until they find the next thing, or we continue to do stuff together. And, but the fact that it's not baked into the system, I think is a real limitation uh, for leading in the private sector. And a, and a third thing is, is like you said, you, until I was in my early thirties, I had this looming crucible that I and everyone alongside me was trying to get ready for. And, you know, profitability, as important as it is, profitability is not purpose. Mm. Like for me, I, I learned pretty quickly for me, money is bullets. The more bullets you have, the better missions you can take on. But bullets for bullets sake is, that's a garrison unit. Like, what are you doing, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, having a, having to create that sense of urgency and, and just, you know, recognizing that profitability isn't purpose. I mean, it's, it's important, but your profitability needs to be able to fund and facilitate or advance a purpose that is a byproduct of business success. But business success in and of its own can let you down you can it's like a deployment where all you did was exercises you're like huh yeah really? all that per you know and it's because we're not supposed to do that we're supposed to do things that are purposeful and meaningful and i'm not like i said i'm not vilifying profitability i'm just saying that's like massing talent but never unleashing that talent on something right yeah yeah so you know having a getting to create these causes to point time and treasure to um it took a little work to figure that out right even from a physiology perspective like 
reacclimating and kind of rewiring your your hard drive. Yeah. Like we were used to this, you know, twelve to eighteen month roll, twelve to eighteen month, and man, the delayed gratification that comes from being in the private sector is it's I'd never had to deal with anything like that. Mm. I, I'd never had to deal with anything that I had to wait more than a few months to figure out if it was worth it. But in the private sector, you know, you're just now seeing the fruit of something you did eight years ago on a Tuesday. And so it was, it was, that's a tough thing is to try to create these milestones that you can measure oh, your yeah. effort and your commitment against. Right. <clears throat> you know, you know, we're, yeah, that, those are the three things that, so like for me, that's why kind of like, being part of a team is so important because I've never done anything on my own anyway. And giving yourself a high five just makes you look stupid, right? And, yeah. And, um, yeah. So that's what's fun. It's one. It's fun to see you do the things you've done. And you know, I know you had Jack Carr on, you know, a while ago, yeah. and he's just an amazing guy to watch. So it's it's fun to watch guys kind of bring what they learn on the the battlefield into the boardroom and and the breakfast table. It's that stuff makes Putting it, it fun. all together. Yeah, yeah, that's what makes it fun. Yeah, you hit something. I it's. You're, you're dead on is, you know, profitability without purpose really is also just unhappiness. Like Man. it doesn't really lead to any, I mean, you can have I all the you, money in the world and there's plenty of people, a lot of money and they're not happy at Man, all. You and I have both been around a lot of the ultra high net worth <laughs> yeah. people and I've had several of them say, man, I, I, I wish it could be you. And I'll just look at them like, you do. Like, I, you know, yeah. I, just to not know why people are around you. I mean, there is a level of wealth where the law of diminishing return sets in. And, and I, I don't know exactly where it is, but I just know that if money bought happiness, a lot of the ultra high net worth people I know would be happier. Right. Right. So, yeah, so yeah. and I'm not vilifying money, but, but again, I think the same thing is you, if you had a, this amazing armory, but never did anything. Yeah. Like we'd have the same level of misery. So it's, right. it's the application, the deployment of that resource that you've massed to then go do something. That's what makes it, that's, that's the, that's yeah. the constant challenge. I like a, that as a business yeah. person. Like, hey, what am I going to do with this? Right. And we're going to get into some of the things you've yeah. done. You've done some cool stuff. Um, all right. Build it or break it. You're like, break this it. is my gifts, man. We're just going to put that yeah, next to yeah, like, the hey, size, the mass. Yeah. It's like Clint. We'll yes, stand on that. Break oh, it's it. Not, didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work. That's okay. all my comms guys. Like, sir, <laughs> put your arms out. I want to put the bag on your back. Don't touch anything. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I would give for it. <laughs> That's all right. I think most team guys. Yeah. It's like, if you want something truly tested, give it to a hey, team guy. Hey, did you say don't touch this or did you say screw <laughs> it? Which one did you say? Yeah, like, that's it. Sir, you know exactly which one I said. Look, I'm sorry. I just heard. I heard you say mess with it. <laughs> that's funny. All right. Sniper versus snake. It's a uh, uh, tank. Sorry. Uh, sniper versus tank. Yes, you pick tank. Well, one of the, 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 the associations are there. Yeah. Two, I just, man, I. I have such respect for the sniper community and the ability to do all that stuff that I don't want to overly associate <laughs> myself with any kind of skill in it. I was yeah. like, I, I was, I just, I was blown away by all the things the snipers did. And, oh yeah, you know, and, and, and the shooting is the simplest part of it. Right. I mean, that's what everyone associates with is like, that's the smallest part of it. Right. It's, it's the, the intellect, the preparation, the stalking, the physicality. I mean, it's such a, it's such an incredible level of craft that, um, I just think I'd probably learn how to drive a tank faster. And I'm not d diminishing the tank community. I'm just saying, like, yeah, acknowledging my gifts, I'll it. probably do that better than shoot. Right? Yeah, right with break it. Break yeah. it, break it, yeah. No, snipers are like the chess pieces in a very much checker conventional war, right? Yeah. So, 
yeah, I think uh, snipers make a world of difference and are obviously lethal, a lethal choice. Um, China versus Russia. You asked what context, but you picked China. And I think I can guess why. I mean, you're watching what they're doing lately, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, China's requires a little more calculus as you're as you're considering, you know, secondary tertiary effects. You know, and I'm not diminishing the sophistication of Russia as a, as a potential adversary, but you know, China very much plays chess. Oh yeah, and and, and so considering this is that, and, and and I mean, it's just a it's a it's a different animal. Yeah, and it's a different uh, it's a different mindset. It's a different ethos. It's a much more patient. Uh, should they become an adversary, a declared adversary, they're a much more patient adversary. Mm -hmm. So this requires a lot of critical consideration. Yeah. Did you get all, how, how'd you feel about balloons flying over the U S and I mean, it, you know, they, they've been doing versions of that perturbation overt stuff for a long time. I, I think it was, it's, it's, it's interesting to see them backpedal, mm -hmm. you know, uh, to, to preserve a place in the kind of the global economy. And they're doing some, some pretty remarkable stuff when it comes to like political brinksmanship and stuff like that. Um, but you know, I tell everybody's like, hey, listen, whatever you can, whatever you think the Chinese might be trying to do to, to gain information superiority, that they are. Like, just don't. It's already done. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, yeah. they're down the road. They're, they're refining it right now. Yeah. And uh, so they're very, you know, they're a formidable uh, global counterpart. Yeah. Be the way to oh, yeah. That. Yeah. Or the new word of, you know, the politic competitor. Competitor. Competitors. Right. Competitors are just yeah. good competition. That's a, that's a fairly benign characterization. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they are scary. I mean, the things that um, you know, like with some of my clients, I tell them all the time: if China's been in your network, they've yeah. been there for five years before right. you even figured right. it out. If right. if you figured it out, yeah. And when we run black boxes against these companies that will simulate more of a Chinese, you know, bot attack yeah. or whatever, like the systems don't know what to do with it, and or don't detect it, and that's right. the scary part. And then. Then on the on the milita military side, you know everything they've stolen from us, they've turned around and turned it into something to use Better. against us. Yeah, yeah. And, and they've and they've improved it, right? And yeah, and you know they make there's certain decisions that are made absent like a moral apprehension, um, as it relates to kind of humanity than than we would have, and and uh, so we are unwise to impose limits. Yeah, on a on a competitor. That, that has is, no limits. That has no limits. No, <laughs> yeah. no self-imposed. They, they don't have, care. They have yeah. a long horizon, too. They do. So. Yeah. More with Naval Academy football legend Clint Bruce after the break. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Read versus write. Read, read, read. Yeah. Or do you know, find yourself listening to books? Listen. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, it's so much I, easier, right? I listen and then I'll buy the the book and I'll make notes in the book. 
and then I'll buy typically a hardback and I give them. So that's my secret. You know, listen, buy, take notes, and then if, if, if it's something yeah. that blessed you, find a way to give copies yeah, yeah. to other people too. But that's you know, good. Audible's a good little machine, man. Hell yeah. Especially for guys like us who have lots of concussions and stuff like that. I'm trying to read and I'm like, oh, this one's working. <laughs> well, uh, you see what's on my face, This one's right? working now. Yeah. This one's working now. Like These these are strictly, yeah. these glasses are strictly to prevent migraines. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, Audible allows you to just kind of co- co-task right you do multiple things in a persistent learning and for me i like i don't mind writing it's just for me reading is learning writing is there's nothing wrong with it it's great i just i feel like there's more for me to read than to write i more to learn than to share i mean i'll happily share what i've learned along the way but uh, i think if you've got time learn right Right. and so for me reading is is how you do that and i think that's another thing that people maybe underestimate about kind of our community is again the the level and intensity of, of of reading and learning that your average team guy has. I mean, if you went to a, an average team guy's home, you'd find books on the shelf that you wouldn't anticipate. Like, you know, Masem Taleb's Black Swan, and you're looking at these yeah. outliers, Malcolm Gladwell, and, you know, it's not comic books and, you know, Clive Custer, although he's great. I mean, just just gun guy, books. Guys gun. are massive consumers of knowledge, right? Yeah, they are. You have one yeah. conversation with your average team guy, and you're like, holy smokes, that guy's way smarter than I thought he was. Yeah. No, I've, every platoon I was in was always a pretty decent cut of demographic of the United States. And you got the dumb guy, you got the smart guy, you got the Ivy League guy, yeah. you got the guy that grew up in a trailer park. I mean, I mean you have these, they're all very intelligent. Yeah, and you the have board. these like much more intense philosophical debates than you think you're going to be down yeah. range. Guys are like, you know, what are the moral implications of causality? You're like, what? Yeah. But then you find yourself talking about it. It's just, that's one of the things I thought was so cool is just, you know, the guys you get to be around and, 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 and what slight what, what perspective their life prior to the teams gave them and how you used to season years with those. I mean, um, yeah, mo- most most great operators I know are pretty voracious readers slash listeners. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. The listening part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And then, of course, our, our my favorite question, the prostate versus te- testicle check. I mean. So how old are you? You're doing the prostate thing on an annual I basis? It's or? easier to have someone do a prostate check. You can do your own testicle check. Like yeah, I'm not limber. True. I'm not limber enough to self-administer a prostate <laughs> check. <laughs> yeah, that's I, mean, a, I got a stretch for that thing. Yeah, yeah and you got big fingers. Yeah, I don't know what to look for. Testicle <laughs> uh, was like, oh, I can try that. With a yeah. prostate one, I was like, ah. but that's the thing. You know, as we get older, we joke, man. But you know, yeah, paying attention to that stuff's important, and it gets increasingly important. I mean, we hear about stuff yeah. every week, guys we lost, you know, taco and these other things. You're like, God, I guess they're taking this still seriously. But yeah, I mean, if I had to choose which one to let someone do to me, it'd be the prostate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That feels better. It does. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know. It's like, oh, yeah. Push on it. Push on a little bit more. <laughs> Two fingers. <laughs> what was that movie? <laughs> Can you expand this for me? They call me the dilator. All right. Um, so deserving. Good job. Well, so far, you are uh, surviving this. Thank uh, you. This, it's good. This it's, it's, now, getting into some of you, you, the past, present, future, we definitely dove into football. Yeah. But let's get into like things like carry the load and some of your business. I yeah, mean, I, when I moved to Dallas, I was constantly asked, and I'm sure you get this yeah. time for time. I'd say, somebody say this is, hey, Navy SEALs, name's Clint. They'd be like, Clint Bruce? And I'm like, no. 
but it happened all the time. I'm like, no, I'm not Clint Bruce. That's that's a different I'm, guy. I'm much better looking. I'm much smarter. <laughs> no, not at all. I can spell. You've already proven in the first 30 minutes of this thing that you're you know, a thousand times smarter than me. But the so you came into Dallas. Yeah. And what was kind of your first? Tell me about well, your so entrepreneurship. For me, so for me kind of, it was kind of coming back. I grew up around here. I grew up from Garland, grew up in Arkansas. And yeah. came down here. One of the biggest reasons I went to the Naval Academy. I was part of a very successful football program here. Had opportunities to play at different places. Um, my father. Where did you play here in Plano? South Carolina. Oh, okay. South Carolina. And I, I was and, in Plano. Uh, yeah. yeah, and um, you know, father got sick, passed away, and so you know, as the oldest son, I had to consider like, hey, I remember having this conversation with my father in the hospital. He said, "Son, you got to make a forty-year decision, and not a four-year decision." I was like, "Oh." So it's one of the biggest reasons I went to the Naval Academy um, and played. And uh, so for me, my, my, my brother and my sister, my mom being back here, the, the vision was to ultimately come back here and kind of start, not that they needed it, but to take care of my family again as the oldest son. And my bride's mm -hmm. from here as well, went to Trinity Christian Academy. So, you know, I just loved, I love being the, I was very fortunate. I got to do three platoons as an O, which you don't get to do that a whole lot and, mm -hmm. and work with amazing guys, man. I, I've no, I didn't do much, but I signed chits for a lot of guys who did great things, right? right. Send guys to schools. <laughs> and uh, so by, by proxy, I, 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 yeah. I, I contributed. Um, but then it was, you know, once, once you kind of hit that point where you don't get to do platoons anymore, uh, it was just kind of time. I was yeah, like, I'm, I'm not, course. I'm not good enough to be, I'm not skilled enough to be good at anything absent passion. And I was far more passionate about being around the boys doing the job than, than anything above that. Although what's above that is incredibly important. Um, and so we came back home and, you know, I needed to kind of step back into my family and, and then, uh, <laughs> went to, went to work as a wealth manager for a hot minute. I was so bad. I would sit down and somebody would go, hey, can I manage your wealth? And they go, no. I'm like, well, I don't want to manage your stupid wealth anyway. I hate you and everything. I had some anger issues. I'm also super honest. So I'd sit down and somebody go, they say, hey, can I manage your wealth? And they go, well, they go, uh, I go, are you better than my guy? I'm like, well, who's your guy? They tell me, I'm like, no. That guy's so much better than me. Like, if he dies, call me, but I'd stay with him. <laughs> so it was going awesome. And I was just kind of dying on the vine, right? And then Katrina happened, went to Katrina, pulled a bunch of people out, came back, and all these – um really amazing people that were rightly telling me no about being a wealth manager were coming up to me going, hey, can you help me and my business and my family think through scenarios like that? I'm like, yeah, I know. not only do I know how to do that, I know I know 20 guys that are better at it than me. Mm -hmm. And every year there's gonna be getting, guys getting out that are, that are more current, capable and skilled. And so started TRG in you know, late 2000s is, one is a way to just earn the right to be around someone I wanted to learn from. Like, what do you know how to do? When you, when you come off the ball field or the battlefield on Friday, what can you on Monday to add value to the kind of person you want to be around and learn from? And, and the way I've always kind of characterized transition from service is like being told you can't play football anymore, mm -hmm. but you can still play a sport. So you look at your football and go, hey, what, what does a meaningful percentage of this export into quickly enough? And what coach do I want to play for so I can learn this game, right? And so for me, businesses have always really kind of been a capture strategy that allow me to go, I want to learn from that person. I want to learn from him. I want to learn from her. What do I know how to do right now that they need so I can earn the right to ask the dumb question, right? And so if you look at what we gain the ability to do on the ball field, on the battlefield, you know, you can distill those really into really the kind of those four pillars. You, help people protect 
themselves and each other, help people perform at a high level. That's kind of from a neck up perspective, help people compete and recover, which is kind of from the neck down perspective and then help people transition. So I started building companies based on distilling the kind of the hard skills, soft skills and experiences we gain on the battlefield and into these aim small, miss small value propositions that allow you to add value and learn while you're figuring out what you want to do on this map we're on now. Right. And mm. I tend to think in terms of maps, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a visual guy. Right. And, and you, you know, this is, is, is being an operator. I'm also with the NFL team and this guy asked me a very natural question. I guarantee it, you get asked a hundred times too. <laughs> People go, Hey, what's your favorite gun? Oh, and I always yeah. go, are you asking what my favorite gun is or what my favorite weapon is? <laughs> and they'll go, it's the same thing. I'm like, no a gun is a tool. A weapon is what I use to win. My favorite weapon is a map. Because if I have a map, I have everything. I know where the bag I'll be. I know where I'll come in, what to bring, what to leave, and how to get home. And if we have a map, the worst we'll ever be is wrong, but we won't be lost. And wrong yeah. and lost are different animals. Yeah. I've been both. I'm an officer, land nap. We get lost. This is what we do, right? But <laughs> but metaphorically, you know, that's and yeah. I, I'll that's take I'll take wrong over lost any day. Because if you're lost, any move can be wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. If you're wrong, it's just a matter of realizing it, figuring out where you are, remembering where you said you'd be, availing yourself to the wisdom of those who are there now or those who've been there. And and for me, I, when I started to look at the boardroom as just another map, then it began to make sense to me. Yeah. It's like on the ball field, there's this ecosystem that you step into. Like you're a freshman, there's a senior, take a percentage of his game, infuse it with your own. And in the military, you step into it. In the boardroom, I had to learn to build that. And building businesses, was how I learned to gain audience with the people who were doing it the way I thought I wanted to do on this map that I'm on now. So like, you know, you check in a five and you're in the J.O. jungle for a little bit. And if you want to learn from, you know, the best thing you can do is like, you know, break out, break out Zodiac. So you see guys working on the grinders, just go out there and work, man. Like, and then you, and then you do that enough. One of the old guys go like, Hey man, you got any questions? And then you ask your questions. Yeah. But, Work rendering value is how you earn the right to ask the question that you feel dumb asking, whether it's a dumb question or not. Right. Mm-hmm. So for me, entrepreneurism has really just been a way to learn from like who's the dick buckus of this map that we're on now. Like who's the, you know, the Admiral Richards of well, like for me, it's just engagement strategy. Hey, how do I provision for myself and my family? And how do I learn from who I think is doing it best? in this map that I'm on now, right? And just, you know, just rinse lather. And the other thing for me is to try to make it better for the guys that are getting out behind. It's like giving them a vehicle to step into where they're automatically SMEs. Mm-hmm. And what'll happen is like, you come out of the special operations community, really, really service on the whole, but special operations community in particular, and you're good clay. And a great CEO will look at that and go, listen, you don't know anything about mortgages, but I do. And let me shape you into because you don't know enough to what to say no to in the first place. Like mortgages are dumb, mm-hmm. whatever. And then you meet a guy who owns a mortgage company. Like that's pretty cool. Like the, I, I won't say his name, although I don't think he care. But he's the owner of a very very big mortgage company, and he has maybe one of the top ten coolest quick answers I've ever asked. We're we're at breakfast one day. I'd helped him with some stuff, and we get together and visit. And he said, "Hey, Clint, did you know that XNX Mortgage Company is the sixteenth biggest mortgage company in the United States?" I was like, really? So my first question naturally is, what does it take to be number one? And he goes, I don't know. I was like, what? So what does it take to be number two? He goes, I don't know. So I'm like uh-huh. getting disappointed. Okay. I'm like, whatever, yeah. right? I was like, what does it take to be number seven? 
and he, he's chewing his omelet, and he sets his fork down. He goes, I don't know, but here's what I know. If I try to go from 16 to 15, I can't spend three months with my daughter in this island I bought in Vermont every summer. And he started eating his omelet again. I'm like, that's an amazing answer. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the most dangerous guy. The guy who knows as much enough is. Right. I mean, you think about how many casuals we've had because of the ambitious leader. Right. They don't outrun your supply chain. No, 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 no where the tether is. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so for me, just figuring out what I knew how to do and what other, now I'm surrounded by people that are just better at everything we do than I am. And all I try to do is put those guys in a position where they can be seen for who and what they are by the guys who are us on this map we're on now. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so for me, you know, TRGs, the, the hard skills, hold fast is, is kind of the soft skills. Hey, how do you think? How do you unpack problems? Um, windage is the sports and human performance piece, right? And at the end of the day, you come off our community, you're, you've are you got some subject matter expertise in almost all three of those. Like it's the physical toughness uncoupled with the mental toughness, you won't make it, right? Yeah. So, um, and those mental toughness techniques, they're exportable to other domains. And then all of us have to maintain a level of, you know, elite athleticism as a, as a guy who's been fortunate enough to kind of compete at really high levels in the nfl then and i mean it's a different level of commitment to athleticism but it's it's the commitment nonetheless i mean the job is so hard and it was interesting as you and i are growing up in the community you see this shift into recovery and you begin to understand who the pro is by based on how how, how they're taking care of themselves after the workouts and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so for me, it's just like, hey, what do I know how to do that that guy or gal needs? And who do I know that could do it better than me so we can scale if there's demand? And how do I earn the right to ask the question that I need to have the answer to, but don't? Yeah. If that makes so, sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, so many gold nuggets and everything you just, <laughs> I need I need to play, I need to go rewind right now. Well, man, so listen, as a, as a young ensign, <laughs> man, you think any, you think John Gay, Command Master Chiefs, John Gay is going to give you the time of day? You haven't earned the time of day with him. Oh, yeah. So you just freaking, you know, you, yeah. you put, you know, you, you carry outboard motors, you know, you pick up a 35 horsepower, you just carry it till he says, what's your name? And then you, right. that's, that's, right. that's still not, but I mean, that's what I love about the kind of the, our community, the football world, earn it, earn it earn every earn it. day. Yep. It's a meritocracy. It's a daily meritocracy, That's right. right? That's right. Damn, man, so much to unpack there. But I know my listeners will benefit fully and listen to it over and over again. Just that last That's cool. piece, man. Yeah. Um, holy crap! Um, rolling in. So carry the load. Like I, yeah. that. So you've got the businesses. Then you kind of roll. You, you've had. So tell me the order: business, and then once you so so yeah. So your kind bullets, of, you yeah, roll so it to yeah, a nonprofit. So, it was, so it was, you know, TRG was the first company. Then Holdfast was the second company, and then uh, man, when we really started losing guys and losing friends, you know, Memorial Day. I was just getting increasingly angry on Memorial Day. Yeah, and um. I remember I was at a uh, barbecue at these great American citizens house. And for me, there's a distinction between civilian and citizen. A civilian is a, uh, you've managed the downside risk. Like you pay your taxes, you're generally compliant, you know, mm -hmm. a, a citizen is more citizens hey, doing that plus trying to make a difference and, and all those other things. So when I say someone was a citizen, it just, it just, it's a good point. Hey, they're yeah. doing, they're doing, they're doing, 
that plus right and yeah. and, I, and those are my friends who didn't serve and all these other things like you're a great citizen and i need you to be there because now i can learn from you if right. you were there you'd be just as dumb as i am right now but you've been That's here right. so now i get to learn from you yeah and i remember it was a Memorial day weekend and i was just a race car in the red man i was not doing good and my bride came up to me and she said hey you're scaring everybody i said no i'm not I, you know beard and, you know big guy tattoos and stuff and she took a picture of it, showed it to me. I was like, all right, maybe a little bit. We're, we're, <laughs> over, we're over at HP. And and, uh, and she put her arms around me. She said, listen, I love you. And I miss them too. And I know you hate this. And she just kind of gestured to the weekend. And she goes, I've never known you not do something that things that bother you. So do something or get over it. Mm -hmm. So I went home and I put a pound in a pack for every person that we'd lost. And I just went. I just humped until I couldn't hump anymore. And I don't. It was thirty something miles. I mean, it was just, you know, it's the fun of little things. Road march, right? And, and that first time I was on Right Rock Lake, and it was hot and it hurt, and I, I you kind of needed the catharsis of purposeful pain. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I remember it works too. It does. Yeah. And uh, this older guy, and I could tell he's a World War II guy, just had this ramrod straight military bearing and. And I was going to say something to him as I got close to him. And he turned and he said something to me first. And I took my headphones out and he said, son. I said, yes, sir. He goes, who are you carrying? And it floored me. And. Uh, oh, wow. And it just. Yeah. He found out he articulated the ache. And I shared a name with him uh, that, you know, and, and he just kind of smiled and I kept walking and, and um, got back home. I've been gone for hours laid down and took the pack off and um my bride goes you're lighter and i said well i know i took my pack off i'm pretty literal guys he's like no and i kind of got it so i would do that that's what i would do from my own memorial day for probably three or four years every memorial day i just put on a pack and i go and i wouldn't tell anybody about it and and then all of a sudden I, there's these great american citizens who are like what are you doing and i tell them and they're like we want to do that too and these were folks who hadn't served, right? Mm -hmm. But man, to me, it meant that, because the calculus for me was this, my friend thought you were worth dying for you and they didn't even know you. And you don't miss them on the day you're supposed to and make some dying for you not make sense to me. And I really need that to make sense to me. And so what that turned into was this, uh, I remember the first carry load we did, Stephen Holly, who's a, he's a younger guy, you know, and uh, we were five together and he did a, a two or seven. And I remember we decided we we're going to do this. We we're going to do a 20 hour and 11 minute walk, right? Mm. Overnight. It was right after Gus Kaminsky had passed. Gus, Gus actually passed away a few days before the first one. And it, Gus is you know, another badass. That was an amazing Fuck. guy. Amazing okay. ass boss. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we were a week away from doing this, and there were like 48 people that had signed up, and 30 of them were related to Steven because he's got a big family. We was like, we're doing this. And uh ended up like a 1,000 people that first time just showed up. And probably 400 walked all 20 hours and, you know, 11 minutes. And it's kind of gone on since then. And what it's turned into is this month-long way, month way to to do Memorial Day better. And, yeah. and, and my whole deal with Steven was like, we walk because you can't run and walk, can't run and talk. I can't, I can't, he, Steven can't, I can't run and talk. So I'm going <laughs> to walk and I'm going to ask you who you're carrying and you're going to share it with me and I'm going to miss him too. And I'm going to tell you I miss and you're going to miss him too. And, yeah. 
that's turned into man steven and them have turned it into i think there's like five national relays this year it starts at the beginning of may 24 7 these buses are going and people are walking in five every five miles you walk with a, some family somebody lost one Be, because my whole deal was like it was a guy you know i'm 49 years old right lost my dad when i was young to this day if someone knew my dad i'd become this 18 year old kid again mm -hmm. and then i knew your father like what a gift to give oh, someone yeah, where yeah. you get to walk and say, hey, let me tell you about your dad. And as they get right. older, you tell them more about your dad. Mm -hmm. and, and to be able to <clears throat> look someone in the eye and go, hey, no one's going to forget your dad, your your brother, your son, your husband. I mean, it's amazing. And then and then secondary to that, we, you know, we extend that branch of recognition to the other sacrificial service, which is, you know, fire, rescue, uh, law enforcement. And then thirdly, you inevitably raise resources but what we always wanted to do is you know a lot of people have a misperception about our community like we don't own anything we're, we're force multipliers we mm -hmm. go where the best people are doing the hardest stuff in the worst places and we try to make their two a 10 in a sustainable way so we wanted to take that same model and become a force. i didn't want to compete with our friends that were doing amazing things in the philanthropic world i wanted to attract attention and steer resources to them by, by, by using a sort of like tip of the spear and some of these other amazing ones. Like, man, how do we, because in the philanthropic world, and I think you've probably seen this too, a lot of times your most passionate and talented person is the founder. And so the founders, the founders either solving the problem, they're gifted, blessed, and, and, and passionate about solving, or they're raising resources. That, that'd be like having a sniper <clears throat> and making them come down to get rounds. Mm -hmm. Like once they're dug in, like you, you bring them rounds, man. Out. Like you don't, right. you don't make them come down and get stuff. Mm -hmm. You bring it to them. And, and for me, carry load is a way to resource some of the best in class problem solvers, work on the most urgent solutions in military law enforcement, fire and, and rescue personnel. So those are kind of, and it's, I mean, and I kind of retired from that in, in 2017, I'm much more an invasion guy than an occupation guy. So once there's a bunch of Excel spreadsheets, <laughs> I'm like, I'm out, can't do it. And I just, I felt like Steven, you know, there, I was, I was starting to make the mistakes you make when you're trying to do too much and faithful are the wounds of a friend and some folks I care a lot about asked me questions I didn't have answers to. And they're like, Hey man, of all the things you're doing, what, what can go on without you? And carry load was yeah, easily yeah. it. And I also felt like Steven was the better leader for the season we were going into. That's one of the things that comes out of our community. Like the best units know when to roll in and when to roll right. out. Like if you want to make that shot, but you got the better guy, like the mission matters most. Right. That's so, right. but so it's been amazing to see what they've done with since then. And I'm still plugged in. I still, it's, it's hilarious. Like Steven and Debbie and everybody do so much work. And then, I show up and Stephen and I'll be walking together, and someone comes like Clint. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm like, you bet, I'm 100. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, Stephen's doing all of it right now, right? right? right. But uh, no, that's all right. But yeah. it's cool. Get the Carrie, pat on the back from time to time. Carry load special. It's it's really it's you know for me anger's a big deal, man. And and the, a lot of the veterans that I know, you know, I tell them it's like, hey, you can be angry about a lot of things, but you can't be angry about thinking that person doesn't care that you lost your friend because mm -hmm. we have 20,000 people out of here on a three-day weekend in Texas during the summer. They're not at the lake. They're here walking with someone right. they didn't know because they want you to know that they mm -hmm. miss them too, even though they didn't know them. So we would tell them about them. So it's been it's powerful. And it's, again, what, what they're doing with it now is incredible and I'm proud of it. But for me, carry the load is, you know, this is another hallmark of our community. It's like, 
great young guy, works in my office. I knew his, I've known him since he was in fourth grade. His, his brother played at the Naval Academy and a great guy. Took his own life, February 1921, Matt mm. Marine Corps officer and Brand, his little brother and I were talking about it. And I told him, I said, man, you gotta put that pain to work. The pain's a dragon that'll eat you if you don't feed it, right? Mm -hmm. And when you feed that pain with purposeful action, it does something to it. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it puts the anger to work. Yeah, I can, I tell people like- In you a positive in way In a positive too. way, yeah. like, cause it's, cause it's there. it easily go the other way. That's exactly yeah, right. right. Like it, it, it is a, you ride it or it'll drag you one that's or two. Right. Yeah. And so for me, carry load was, a, a way to do that and a lot of these things you know entrepreneurs a way to do that creating opportunities for guys like I, if i've done my job right i'll lose 70 percent of the guys that work for me to, to my clients doing something different doing something if i've done my job in 21 months or less they've discovered someone they didn't they just they, they're going to work for someone they didn't know doing something they didn't know they can do right yeah because all great leaders cool. they want to cherry pick like man i i yeah. can turn that guy into Right. I was like, well, you don't know enough about finance, know what you want to do in finance anyway, right? So, but that guy does. And <laughs> yeah. so if you show you want to learn to that guy, that guy will get you further than any Wharton undergrad. Right. You just got to do what you know how to do today. Figure mm -hmm. It's the same thing in the community. Like, how do you go on the next stop? Do that last one really well. That's right. How do you how do you get invited somewhere? You know, you're, you build this operation critically. And that's why I love so much about the senior listed. Like, when the senior enlisted invites you to do something or get you to sign something or whatever it is, it's not because you're good at it. You're going to be good. It's like, they're like, okay, good clay. Like, be yeah. good clay, right? Yeah. And so all our companies are built to, to really just show the good clay that is coming out of the military and kind of nurture it into the hands of people on the high ground on the boardroom, right? If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it all makes big metaphors. Big oh, metaphors. Yeah, big metaphors. you're good at big them, man. You got a bunch of them. You rattle them out like you've said them a hundred times. It is. It's, it's that's fun. awesome. It's though. fun to do though. And, <laughs> you know, and, and carry the load was a way to. I mean, I don't think any of us will ever fully reconcile like why why him not me, right? Like we all have those questions. Um, but when we're marinating on that question, we're not making the difference. We can be inspired to action by that question because I don't know that question will ever go away. But we want to use the time that we have that those we miss don't mm -hmm. in a way that they would be proud of. Uh, and yeah. I think I think that's that's key. Yeah, put that pain to work. That's right. right. Yep. And try and give some, like you said, purpose to flip it to positivity. Yeah. Man, it's good stuff. Man, you go deep too. Go real deep. So I'm not buoyant. That's right. That's, like, oh yeah, you're not buoyant. No, yeah. I remember doing. I remember doing drown proof, and I, everybody else had you to sink. Everybody else had to exhale to get to the bottom, and I'm just like down there, full tank of breath, I'm like, hey, yeah, what's up? How you doing? Yeah, yeah. You're good. Beef. Treading water was different though. Treading water, treading I'm water sure was, you were struggling. I'm yeah, sure. Duck feet, scissor kicking. Oh yeah. Last little question here. So, it can be battlefield, ball field, all the places you've had a good bad experiences. Yeah. Um, with the theme of the show, mm -hmm. anything you, any, any kind of crazy crisis that you've been in where you've come out and gone, Whoa, that was nuts. It was dangerous. It was life threatening. It was something that woke you up, but you also got a lot of lessons learned out of it. I think, I think a well-lived life means that's a hard question to answer because you should have a lot of those. You should well, have a yeah. lot of those holy craps, right? You mm -hmm. know, like. You know, I, operationally, I haven't done nearly as much as you and a lot of the folks on here, but, 
you know, there's there's so many. That, that doesn't matter. Well, but there's matter. so many times yeah. where you're like, do I make a call? Do I defer to what am I supposed to do? Here's a J.O. And then all of a sudden you slow down. You're like, hey, man, my job is to, is to watch the OIC, listen to the senior enlisted advisor and learn. And then, you know, next thing you know, the call comes out from the senior enlisted and it's 100 times better than you would have done. So managing that pride and impulse and, you know, that kind of that imposter syndrome that sometimes we have in these places. And, you know, I remember you know doing we were we were doing a lot of the mios right after 9 11 pit brothers started taking ships down and and uh just really beginning to appreciate the difference between real world operations and training you know, like how many times did we do non-compliant bbss and training all of a sudden mm -hmm. you're doing it at night with a structured ship steaming towards iranian waters trying to get you to disembark and you're sitting there watching your guys be as magnificent as you'd hope they'd be and like for me, I remember I was almost, I almost found myself like paused in an action out of kind of awe of the boys just being where they are and like, oh, I got to climb. I got to climb. Mm -hmm. I got to climb this rope, right? And, and <laughs> oh, watch, it's my turn. Uh, yes, oh, I got to go, right? And then, you know, watch guys like throwing a guy up so we could saw. I mean, it's just, it was really cool. And, I, and I've had that experience, um, you know, on, on, a, on the ball field as well, just watching watching people ascend into who and what they're supposed to be in that moment they're supposed to be and then and then you hoping you can do that as well having mm. these moments of of on the football field where you're like i'm gonna take over and then you just do and you're like man it's the this is what i was built to do and yeah and same thing and, and then i remember going into katrina which is a pretty dynamic environment it was it was pretty chaotic uh and just managing the apprehension between the executives and us in there they had this perception of what the guys would be like based on movies and then to watch guys watch them see the guys show incredible restraint discretion and discernment you know you just sit back and like that's you know to be reinforced as a company i want to keep and yeah thinking shooters yeah 100 yeah. and then yeah. and then the boardroom like for me I, you know the, the the pandemic that you know i remember i told my bride when the pandemic happened. I'm like, hey, we're about to find out who means what they say when they say leaders eat last. And that's one of the things I tell veterans coming out. I was like, hey, man, don't think for a minute that the military has the monopoly on sacrificial servant-hearted leadership. I mean, I watch so many senior leaders, not all of them, but a lot of senior business leaders almost run themselves into the ground financially because mm -hmm. they just weren't going to let people go because of external circumstances. And if they did, uh, they were going to find ways to moderate the impact on that and and uh you know and then just doing that ourselves like we didn't let anybody go i told everybody I was like if you suck i'll fire you but if yeah, yeah. If, if you don't then you know we're, we're gonna make it and we yeah. and we have and, and uh i've been blessed with i've been blessed with a lot of opportunities to have to put put the words to work and and, and then to see that you know, bear fruit. It's one of the. I got asked this. I was with a, a, a Division One football team on Friday, and it's one of the questions I get asked. And I bet you get asked it a lot. And but my answer may be different than what I know they're anticipating. They, hey, what'd you learn in, in SEAL training? Mm -hmm. And I always go nothing. <laughs> I didn't learn. Now I learned how to be a SEAL for sure. What I learned in SEAL training was who was telling me the truth and who wasn't when I was growing up. Like buds is a proving ground. Like mm -hmm. you don't have a lot of time to learn then. What you're gonna learn as you go through training is who is telling you the truth and who wasn't. And yeah. you know, the ones that were preaching shortcuts, you're like, well, that that, that, dude's, that dude's a liar, right? right? 
and then all you're seeing these 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 parents that were telling you what you didn't want to hear the coaches that were making you do more than you wanted to you start figuring out who was telling you the truth when you go through crucibles like that so mm. you know i learned who the truth tellers were when i was going through buds and then and then then you obviously learn about the craft right but i mean those are i, I you know probably pretty underwhelming answers but I've been really fortunate to have to put the words to work in order to win on all those maps and and kind of still do every day. Like, you know, that's that's the thing about building something like you're building something is it's it's not academic. Like we we have to live it or we're not gonna mm -hmm. make it very far, right? So um Yeah, no, yeah. You've you've covered I mean <laughs> more than yeah, enough just, lessons learned I don't like, have those. that no it's all great i mean holy shit it's like you're just a wealth of experience i do remember doing that one hook and climb on a on a knocker flat <laughs> ship going maybe i should do more cardio yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> perhaps the caving right. ladder maybe, gets smaller and smaller. maybe i should do more cardio yeah, yeah. perhaps yeah i thought that was pre 9 11 you know being at team three we uh god we we were doing so many of those all the boardings. go plats yeah. and all that other stuff and just you're, you're like a ninja you know you're like living that childhood oh, dream man. climbing up the side I, of a ship you know and, and i got i was with jack carr on that deployment and stuff like that so to watch watch him be who everybody knows him to be now i mean i, I watched some of these guys that everybody knows just kind of grow up and, and i say that but what, like fro you know eric yeah, yeah. Art, like you know, I mean, listen, he named his kids after the characters of Dukes of Hazard, right? I mean, just yeah. <laughs> just salted one of the best human beings on the planet. Yeah. Stunningly brilliant, right? And, and so I got to grow up around these guys and watch these guys yeah. do stuff. And, like, I put us in some pretty bad situations because I was like, I was just, oh, it was like, yeah, it's like you're, you're Barry Sanders fullback and you just walk here, you just forget to, oh, I forgot to block. Sorry. You just, you know, like, <laughs> so yeah, man, just hang out Good with people stuff. that are hard to keep up with and take notes. Yeah. I like it. So. Good stuff, buddy. Hey, stand by. Us two Clints have more to tell you after the break. Well, now the real test. This is it, man. Is it? Okay, you ready? Yep. I'm sure you listened to every episode hoping you'd get the same one. I was one. prepping. Right, I was here we prepping. Go. All right. Your hypothetical survival scenario. For this scenario, you will be starting out in a hotel room on the fifth floor okay of a 25 story building in london okay. so everything is backwards there. yeah you have been flown in and put up for the night you have a consulting job tomorrow mm -hmm. okay it's nighttime the fire alarm goes off a voice comes on the hotel loudspeaker and says, stay in your rooms. Mm. <laughs> Do you A, gather up your belongings, or B, leave your room and head towards the nearest exit? You leave your room, the the nearest exit as defined by you. There you go. Not, not, I like that answer. Not yes. the, like, you know, the, the nearest exit could be the window because you have superstructure on the outside, like your best, your most viable nearest exit. Right. And you should have already predetermined yeah, these things yeah, ahead of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. B is correct. You want to leave your room and head towards an exit because your belongings, you know, I know that Louis Vuitton purse is, it's uh, important. You grab that lonesome dove on yeah. DVD and you run. <laughs> That's, That's the one thing you there take you go. with you. I like that too. Yeah. Um, so you leave your room uh, and there's smoke in the hallway. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you, A, take the elevator to the ground floor and exit the building or B 
take the stairs down to the ground floor and exit the building. Oh, the stairs. You don't get in that elevator. That's right. It could be a death trap, and it's a big oven, too, because it's made of metal. Um, so, and yes. Fire the, goes up. It's and a fire chimney. Goes it's up. a chimney. And chimneys are, I mean, or, I mean, sorry. Um, and your elevators, a lot of times, as soon as fire alarms are hit, they all just sink to the ground yep. floor and cease to work anyway. Yeah. Um, so yes, B, take the stairs. What most people don't know about stairs on a commercial building is they have their own HVAC system, they're pressurized, yeah. and they're kind of built for fires. They're built as egress platforms. That's right. Um, so yes, B, you take the stairs. So you take the stairs and you make it down to the third floor, okay? But mm -hmm. the stairs are blocked and you can't go any further. So you go into the hallway on the third floor and you look for another way down. Do you A, use the hotel phone by the elevator to call for help or B start smashing out windows as a way to escape the building. Uh, windows going for the windows. Yeah. Are you sure? Well, I assume, <laughs> I assume the comp is going to fail, <laughs> but you, you, the choice of break it or make it, you say break it. So yes, this makes sense. Um, yeah. It depends on you, know, you could, that third floor pool could be on the second deck. Right. So, for me, I'm, the only thing I mean, maybe calling the phone. I, I just don't like being. I'm waiting. I'm dependent on someone else to yeah, tell yeah. me what to do at that point in time. So, so I've ceded authority of my self rescue. I mean, I may pick it up and then smash the window with it. But yeah, I'm going to keep finding my way out. Yeah, using the hotel phone, um, calling for help. You know, and by the way, these choose your own adventures yeah. don't necessarily. You know, it's what the answer is on the page right. is what's right. Right, not right. What, yeah, not what you say, Clint. Oh, dang it. <laughs> You're right, Clint. All right. So um, I'm not but, right. <laughs> no, technically, Clint is right in this one. Yeah. Whichever way it goes. Whichever Clint way you is, want. Clint yes. is right. Clint, you're correct. Thank you, you are Clint. correct. Thank you. Clint. Okay. Good job, Clint. Good. Um, you. So, yes, you, uh, you use the phone and you uh, go ahead and try to call for help. You call for help and the fire department's already on the way. So do you A, go back to your room before looking for another way down or B, once again, look at that elevator and go, hmm, maybe I'll take that. So my only choice is to go back to my room, like back up to five? Go back up or take an elevator. You know the right answer. That's not right. taking the elevator. Yeah, still, yeah. exactly. We're not taking elevators. Yeah, not taking elevator. No one's taking elevators. Um, it's too risky. You get trapped yeah. in an elevator, obviously. Yeah, you're you're, 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 you're going to head back maybe right, up. Right. Maybe you can go across a floor. Not elevator. Right. Not That's elevator. The answer is not elevator. Yes. Absent other good options, go back to your room. Right. Um, while you head back to your room, do you A, run so you don't waste any precious time, or B, stay low to the ground and remain calm? Well, I'm not running. I mean, look at me. Not, <laughs> I'm staying low. I'm not doing anything that creeps on cardio like that's right. stay low that's right move slow Just think yeah. there we go yeah yes we're staying low we still don't know where the fire is coming right. from you mentioned from the bottom and coming up but right. hey we don't know um you stay low to the ground so that you don't uh inhale a whole bunch of smoke unless you're a smoker then you'll probably be good at it my mom man she could go without oxygen at all these different altitudes because she was a smoker right? yeah like she was hey, fine. Listen, I know more old drunks than I do old doctors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's something about it. <laughs> um, so you actually get back to your room, okay? The smoke is getting thicker and people are starting to panic. Do you A, fill the bathtub with water and get in, or B, cover your face and mouth with wet towels? Well, you cover your face and mouth with yes. wet towels. 
bit of a filter. Good job. Yes, you're increasing the filter capability by getting uh, your towels wet. You can even cover your entire body in wet towels mm -hmm. in case you have to jump through fire. Um, you cover your face and mouth to avoid the smoke inhalation. The fire alarm is still going off. The hallway is full of smoke now. The voice on the loudspeaker says, help is on the way, stay in your rooms. Never believe the voice. <laughs> so do you A, wait in your room for the fire department to come, or B, now you've moved back up a little higher, look for another exit. Yeah, looking for another yeah, exit. Yeah, there we go. B, look for another exit. You're always looking for that other exit. You tried one, you were blocked, you went back up the route you came from because you knew it was safe. Mm -hmm. Now- Safe in, safe out. That's it. Yeah. And now you're looking for the next, okay. So you exit the room, you look for the other route, you see a different staircase at the other end of the hall. As you move through the hall, do you see if anyone needs help or A, use a lighter to set off the sprinkler system? Ooh. Hmm. Sprinkler system's not already going off? No. Well, I think triggering a fire retardant's never a bad. That's a good yeah, idea. 100%. And that's, that's helping a lot of people yeah, yeah. rather than helping one. So yes, A, you uh, use the lighter set off the sprinklers and get the water going. Um, you trigger the sprinkler system, you move towards a set of stairs and you hear a lot of people screaming and panicking. Do you A, go room to room and see who needs help or B, find the exit route before helping others? Find the exit route before yeah. helping others. Yeah, you gotta you gotta know which way you're going before you start saying, right. follow me! Right. <laughs> or you right. follow, follow, right. follow you to your death. Um, Good. So you head down another set of stairs and you find a fire extinguisher because those are usually placed all over the place, right? right? You just got to look for them. So do you a grab the fire extinguisher, go back to floor four and now have others follow you or just be wait for the authorities. Oh, you go back up. Yeah. Try to pull people out. I mean, you've, you've proven an exfil route up to a certain point. So if you yep. get fast enough, you can assume it's integrity hasn't, broken on things so yeah i mean you have that moral and ethical obligation to get people to the next known safety point try yeah. to make it easier for fire and rescue too right there you go you you number one you've grabbed a fire extinguisher you armed yourself you know the right route and now you can actually guide people leading the way while also protecting yourself with the fire extinguisher and the fire extinguishers you pick up along the way yeah good job clint you have survived this podcast. Once again, we avoided cardio. <laughs> you avoided Always cardio. Always a goal. Always yes. a goal and objective. Man. This I is love a this concept. This concept's cool, man. And, I, and, and, it, and it's really fun to just continually learn. I mean, these choose your own adventures. I mean, it's a drill I teach my daughters to do. Yeah. I teach my daughters like, hey, if this, what if? then this. If this, then this. If then this, what if, what if. I mean, yeah. that's one of the things, you know, when you're a young team guy growing up, I mean, if an LPO or a chief's doing a job, they're coming up to you going, hey, what if, if this then, what would you do? What would you right. do, right? And, yeah. you know, I gave up pretty quick on always trying to be right. I was just like, you know, it's just a mortar round. Like, hey, it's what I think. And then that thinking either gets affirmed or corrected, but you learned either way, right? right. So, yeah, I mean, I, like for me, I think curiosity is probably, you know, when I go and talk to companies, one of the, one of the qualities I encourage, I tell people is like, listen, the absence or presence of curiosity tells me whether or not this is going to be a viable organization or not. If I step in an organization and it's most established people are curious and as young as people are curious, it's just a matter of time till they win something, right? Mm -hmm. Or continue to win something. But the absence of curiosity means there is complacency. Oh, yeah. Because curiosity, complacency are incompatible. And so when you have curiosity, you don't have complacency. 
And where you don't have courage, you have complacency, and complacency is a killer. Right? That's right. And that's one of the things I tell people is like, hey, leaders, you gotta, in our community, we don't set a standard of curiosity. We have an expectation of curiosity. If you're a new guy and you're not asking questions, we're coming after you after that's this right. brief. It's like, oh, you don't have any questions? You've never done this before? Mm-hmm. You're already the, you're you an expert. Have, you don't yeah. have any questions. You right? already know everything. Ask questions, right? right. I, I remember this. We were going through our first workup. And everybody goes through the basic boilerplate, land warfare. And I'll never forget this. It was one of the coolest things ever. And I'd seen Ray Lewis do that at the Ravens a little before. And they get up in land four, like, this is the M4 basic battle rifle. It's the basic fighting rifle of the United States. Does anyone here not know how to use an M4? And the chief was like, I don't know how to use an M4. You just come out of the damn neck. I mean, we, we, but he, his deal was like, someone doesn't know how to use an M4. Mm-hmm. They're not going to ask questions, so I'm going to so ask I'm gonna questions. Do it so that everyone else benefits. And he was one of the cool because he'd always just, "Hey, I don't know how to, I don't know how to do a dip test. I don't know how to." We all knew, but it was yeah. one of the things we learned is like, cool guys ask questions. Yeah, so like in what is it, uh, Billy Madison? <laughs> all the cool kids wear their pants, right? So, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that, for me, curiosity is this. That's why I, I, I love kind of the things you're doing and stuff like that. For me, curiosity is courage. It's a creator. It's a catalyst, and it's a complacency killer. And that's, I think, one of the hallmarks of our community in particular and the special operations community is you you better be okay with getting asked questions. That's Cause, right. Cause, one, any great plan can survive someone's scrutiny. Um, two, your plan might just get better. That's right. Because you asked the question. Right? That's right. That's why our divergent upbringings come through like, hey, is you and your own hot know how to hotwire a tractor i do the new guy's like i grew up in iowa and I of course of course you did of course you did like yeah. why'd you deny yourself the serendipity that is the platoon <laughs> space right that is awesome so, well there you heard it people you know be curious especially when it comes uh, to your own safety and security you should always be uh asking questions yeah and looking for the answers even though they may not be presenting themselves right in your face That's um cool. yeah clint it's awesome to have you here it's awesome for you to and actually enjoy this it was fun man you're like a you're a guru in the security space so hearing it from you is definitely uh is uh is an honor for me um where can people find you find what you got going on and stay current with everything in your world so if you go to get-highground.com that's kind of the aggregate all the companies like for me the high ground is this place where we bring what we learn on the ball field and the battlefield to the boardroom and the breakfast table. And, you know, so like our facility is like a co-working facility for veteran and athlete led startup. So it's, it's like a warrior. We work in a way and oh, yeah. we call those the high ground. And then my daughter's just built me an Instagram page and it's real Clint Bruce. Apparently. That's right. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm following. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. And I think I posted I think I like, it, I, I think I posted nine times to that. <laughs> I think my most recent one is I think I posted I was taking the girls to school when I was playing Def Leppard form on the way in. I was like, this is how you get your lead in your pencil before you go to work. And then the dire ones. I got to start doing that more. Yeah, those are the two things. Get-highground.com, Real Clint Bruce, LinkedIn. You know, what's cool about you is you have this really diverse listenership and and readership. And you have a a listenership and a readership that's on, on, like, these viable social media platforms. And LinkedIn is is, is kind of for the kind of the white collar business. You've got that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm on LinkedIn as well. So. Awesome. Yeah. Well, there you go, everyone. Go ahead and check out Clint. Everything he's got going on. He's doing great things. Obviously, if you actually listen to this interview, you know he's got a lot of experience, a lot of things to share. So I highly recommend him and everything he's got going on. And like I always say, keep it simple because crisis will complicate the rest. And until next time, be safe out there. Uh-huh.